Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Welcome to Season 6 of the Teen Pack Podcast. Through these seven episodes, we explore the theme, Belonging, as we interview special guest speakers from Teen Pack National Convention 2022. Our topic today is, We Belong to the Family. Quinn will be interviewing Josue Rodriguez, who serves as a bivocational pastor at Gracia Soberana in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Josue was born in Puerto Rico and now lives on the outskirts of Washington, D.C. with his wife and two teenage children. Along with his work for a biopharmaceutical company, Josue leads his church's youth and young adult ministries and is passionate about gospel-centered discipleship. Thanks for joining us. Okay, well, hey, Teen Pack Podcast listeners. It's Quinn, and I am joined today by Josue Rodriguez. Hey, Jose. Josue, sorry. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like everyone that I've worked with, myself included, has missaid your name at some point. I just I missaid it. I think when we were pre-recording the intro for the podcast, we missaid it. I think there may have been somebody that missaid it from stage at NatCon, <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. Um it's, it's a real pleasure because for me personally, um, I'm a member at Kingsway Community Church in Richmond, Virginia, as you know, yep. and um, and that's how we first met. And actually, we didn't meet while <laughs> you came down. You came down from Maryland and, and you preached multiple times at Kingsway. And, and there's kind of a real bond that we feel with you and just your, your preaching is just so excellent, so gospel-centered and word-centered and and rich for the soul. And so when I when I saw some of that, I, I reached out to you and I was like, man, we would love for you to preach and teach on that topic at NatCon. And, you know, we, right before this, uh, you know, you and I were talking, like that was everything that we were hoping it would be, you know, just pointing to the word and orienting students around that. So thank you so much for joining for the podcast too. No, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to spend some time together. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll, we'll dive right, right in. Um, as we're reviewing kind of this, this theme, we belong to the family. Um, you talked a lot about how we tend to, maybe adopt this kind of like postmodern idea that, you know, you have to somehow like invent yourself or like kind of do certain things that, that kind of make you who you are. Mm -hmm. And you started to kind of play with that a little bit. You're like, wait a second, like, you know, are you going to let culture and TV and movies kind of define that and who you are, or are you going to let the word of God define that? And so I wanted to start out by just asking like, you know, obviously those are kind of like general categories, but like, where do you see those things really shaping us or shaping young people? You know, cause a lot of our, our teen pack podcast listeners and a lot of the students at NatCon are in these early years of, of in, in being engaged in culture. And so I'm just mm-hmm. curious, where, where do you see that coming into play in their lives? Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's from, starts in in school right when we are in school we you know we get out of our of our home where we know that we belong to to that family the majority of us you know we we know that hey this is our nuclear family we belong there but then we go to school where there is people from essentially everywhere right and 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 we 
we start doubting, okay, how, how do I fit here? How do I fit in this group, right? You have the people that play sports. You have the, the smart people. You have, you know, the, the all sorts of, of groups that you start thinking, okay, how, where do I belong? Which group do I belong? And, and the problem is that we start looking for those groups since we're in school. We're looking for those groups to kind of give the rules that we have to comply with to, to belong. Okay, yeah. And, and, and I, see, I see that with, like I was telling you about my daughter, right? Um, one of the things that I've been talking to her is, is that same issue. It's like, okay, when I talk about this postmodern thought, I mean, okay, now that I'm going to move out, talking about from high school to college for her and, and for a lot of people uh, listen to us, I'm going to change my space. I'm going to change where I live. So it's kind of an opportunity to just change how I present myself to people so mm-hmm. I get accepted, mm-hmm. right? And so we we allow we allow other people and other groups to dictate okay what do you need from me to be accepted and instead what you know i'm trying to communicate to her and what i was trying to communicate with my my message was no i mean we already belong like we belong to our natural family we already belong as christians to the family of god we there's nothing that we need to to do other than put our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord or Savior to belong. So we get the right to belong to this family. <laughs> so I don't have yeah. to allow for students or the culture or actors or the TV to say, oh, you must do this to belong to our group. Mm. No, we, we don't need for them to dictate. We have what our creator, what, you know, the one like Psalm 139 says, you know, the one who actually need us together, he's the one who says and determine where do we belong and who we are. And so that, that's kind of, you know, my, my, my passion for, you know, for the young people is that you don't have to believe the lies that are out there you don't have to change who you know who you are to belong to other groups you have your creator that loves you that gives gave his life for you telling you who you are mm. and so from my standpoint i think he has uh the better word and we should believe him yeah so. yeah that's really good i i was sharing with some coworkers. um earlier today and earlier this week and in a couple conversations about how I I tend to struggle with kind of a fear of man Mm -hmm. where um, I I know what the Bible teaches on different issues um, related to um, whether it's, you know, the recent news uh, at the time of our recording, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision was, is very recent um, as well as, you know, just different issues related to church and and things that come to my mind. And it's like, I, I have actually pretty, firm convictions personally on those things, but Mm -hmm. it's really difficult for me to 
to verbalize them in a, in a larger context with people who might disagree with me because mm. I'm afraid that, that they're going to, you know, kind of cast doubt on that or, or kind of attack that in some way. And, and so we were kind of discussing how like there needs to be also like a courage and a boldness and, and what you're describing, I feel like really connects to that um, and resonates with me because it's like, if Christ has already bought that and you're already belong and like now you have this like right to belong because of Christ, like, yeah. then like you don't have to like cower. You don't have to, you also don't have to like kowtow to whatever whims of other yeah. groups or cultural influences might say it needs to look a certain way. It's like, no, like if God's word like tells you this is, this is like what is right and good and true, then like follow that and speak about that and love people through it. But I don't know. It's just uh, that, that idea of like, like a deeply connected, like sense of belonging to, to the family of God, like I think is very freeing. Yeah, honestly. it is. And, and you're exactly right. But part of, I think sometimes what we need to understand is like, okay, every family has some, characteristics that define that family right and so for us okay we were purchased by the blood of christ but in, even himself said okay this is what you should expect you should expect to be hated you should expect to be persecuted so belonging to this family takes courage because the price is that the world is not going to accept you. And so it goes mm -hmm. back to what you're saying, right? There is a understanding and a conviction that you have to have. Okay, I do belong to this family. And, 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 and the one who, who bought me, who, who saved me, he already said, okay, you, this is what you should expect. And so I think we, something that, I believe sometimes the church hasn't done properly is preparing us for suffering, right? Is is yeah. is giving us giving us a true understanding that yeah, coming to Christ doesn't mean that things are gonna be peaches and cream, right? It's not gonna always be good, but but it, it's gonna be tough. It's it's you, you're gonna suffer in this world, and and if we have that conviction, then we should prepare for that. We should prepare to suffer. We should prepare to be persecuted. Um, right? I'm not saying that we should seek persecution. I'm not saying that we should seek, yeah, yeah. you know, suffering. But, but if we understand that that is coming, we, we prepare, right? We go to the word. We see what those first Christians did and 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 how they suffer and 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 we know that and we prepare our souls so that yeah when when the group of people are there and talking about how incredible and in you know for them how bad it is that roe versus wade was was overturned we can we can say in, in a loving way you know, well it, it i think it's a great thing right and if we if we do it courageously but in a winsome way right instead of um, attacking i found that a lot of people are open to have the discussion and to give you the mm -hmm. benefit of mm -hmm. the doubt 
the problem is that we're living in a, in a world that is is in the extremes, right? You, yeah, right. You right. have people on the right being extreme, and you have people in the left being extreme. And there is, you know, most people feel like that's the everyday of everyone. Mm-hmm. But that's not the mm-hmm. case, right? I have, I, I, yeah, yeah right. I work in in a company that's policies are pretty liberal, right? And and uh, with a lot of people that are very liberal, and you know, I have conversations with them. But because the way I approach the conversation, we can have good conversations. I, I wish I could tell you that I convince people to change their mind. <laughs> Most of the time, I don't. But we can have, you know, good conversations where I can, you know, tell them, no, that that's it, it is not a good thing because A, B, and C, and they're open. Yeah. And and yeah, sometimes they think, oh well, I haven't thought about that. Well, I think that's. That's a, yeah, that's moving in the right Moving in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I love that you're presenting that because I think, yeah, typically not only do you, uh, do you know that there are those extremes, but it's, it's almost that people assume that the extreme represents Correct. the whole. And it's like, no, like you're, you're sitting in an office building, like having these conversations over lunch hour yep. or whatever, and there's like a winsome way to communicate like biblical truth. And so I just, I love that example. And I, it, something occurred to me as you were sharing that, I wonder if um, young people that grew up in a Christian family where they've been guarded from much of perhaps that um, that experience of just a, a life completely cut off from the family yeah. of God. Um, like, I, you know, so I wonder if somebody who has had a, a, a pretty hard life that has, uh, that has not been following Jesus and then comes to faith in Jesus. Like it's such a stark mm-hmm. contrast that it's probably easier to just be like, no, I, I know like I, what I've been saved from, I was dead in my sins. And like, now I've been made alive to God. Yeah. I'm, I'm united to the body of Christ. Like I'm confident in my, in my, you know, biblical beliefs and all this. I wonder if for like young Christians who are growing up in the church where it, it's just kind of like, it's like a fish in water. Like it's not really aware that water surrounds it. Um, And so I'm trying to think like, how do you, how do you kind of help a young person? I don't know, just kind of better live in, in that identity, live out that identity. Cause otherwise you're just going to constantly be bombarded with the cultural influences and then run to to that to yeah. define you know who who it yeah no that that's that's that is a a great point um you know i did not grow up in, in the church and so i bring from the you know i'm coming from the other perspective but my kids okay. both have always been in the church right and to me i've been trying to always communicate to them okay this is what's out there so i don't want to i want to show them what's out there and help them process what's out there so not like you know uh, sometimes people say well just let them go out and see what's out there and 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 so that they can grow up it's like i don't think that's necessarily a good idea but if you if you walk them through okay yeah, this is what we see in TV, this is what it is, and have those conversations with them. Open conversations. One of the things that I always tell my kids is like, well, I'm here for you to ask questions. 
You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, we see something in the TV, we see a news about whatever it is. And, and then I asked them, so what do you think, right? Help, help them process that. So that will help them see, okay, there is a different world out there, but it will kind of quench their curiosity because we've, we've talked about it. We've, we've had the, we've had those discussions already and, and they don't have to go look for, for that out there. That's one thing. But, but to me, the other thing that I, that I try to, to do is also do not, I don't want them to have this incorrect vision of who's out there because nobody is completely you know not not nobody there's people out there that sometimes we in the church paint as monsters right Mm. and and then they don't know anybody like that but then they go to school or they go to college and then they meet somebody and they say well hold on but that person, yeah, is a sinner. It is doing all these things, but it's not a monster. It's very kind. It's very friendly, and all that. And suddenly, it feels like my family was lying to me. And so that start creating doubts in their mind. And so yeah. what I tell my my kids is like, you know, you can have an atheist out there that is it's more kind than I am. It shouldn't be, but they they are, and 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 they could, yeah. you know, they probably could be more generous and 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 loving and all that. And so, I'm trying to prepare them so that when they see people that are unbelievers, atheists, whatever it is, it's not a surprise to them that they're loving, that they're they can be loving, that they can be normal people, right? And so, to me, that also prepares them. Because there's no surprise. It's like, oh yeah, I, I know that they can be loving, but it's not about what they say or how they be, you know, how loving they are, kind they are. It's about what they believe and the lies that they're believing and that they're, you know, uh, speaking about. So that to yeah. me, it would be helpful for, you know, kids to. Maybe see if, if their parents will have, you know, hey, those type of conversation. I would encourage parents if, if they listen to this to have those conversations so that they can experience that within the protection of the parents. And then they can come when the questions come, they can come here and have more conversations because they know that, yeah, you didn't lie to them. Yeah, exactly. I so appreciate that. First of all, I think it's deeply humanizing to people who are unlike us, who who are not a part of the family of God, to to kind of not paint them as a monster, yeah. right? Um, so that yeah, those relationships can be authentic and real, and 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 be filled with hopefully the the grace of the gospel yeah. through a young Christian's life, and 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 so forth. And I think that's excellent. Something else though that I I think you're pointing out here is that like parents have this responsibility to disciple their kids and in the area of culture um, that's like a really big responsibility. Like either, you know, parents probably tend to either um, 
feel a little bit of that fear that says, I don't want my kids to be involved in that mm-hmm. thing. So I'm just going to, we're going to say, no, we're going to have a bunch of rules. No to this, no to that, no to, you know, all these different things or, uh, parents who are maybe just disengaged and kind of, they don't really care, you know, what's on your phone and, you know, kind of what friends you're hanging out with and whatever. And it seems like what you're describing here is like, you need to lean in, you need to be engaged. You need to know what's going on in culture and what's on the screens and that kind of thing. But it's, it's not just to prohibit everything. It's actually to have conversations about it and to consider within a a Christian worldview, like how do we process this as believers? Yeah. I mean, I, th- that's exactly, that's exactly my point. We, we as parents, right. We need to be looking at the culture. We need to see what's coming. We need to be at the forefront because we are the ones called to protect, protect them. And, and, you know, running away from, from, questions it's it's not like the questions are going to go away our kids are going to have questions and so we have a mandate from god to to train them and we need to teach them the word of god but we need to also be looking and studying the culture to see what are the things that we have to protect them from and and be talking about those things because you don't want to send them out for other kids, other young people to start having those conversations, right? And, and, and talk to them from a totally different standpoint than what you, your values and your beliefs. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that you so vividly described was how the, the church of God and its local expression is meant to be that for one another, where it's not just parents on an island. It's not just a young person on an island trying to, you know, if, if they were like that, you use the illustration of the yeah. Redwoods and how like the Redwood forest is, is just this incredible forest out in California. And, um, and like the roots don't go that deep, you know, maybe five, six feet deep on a given tree, but it, what, what helps them withstand the storm is, that they're all interconnected. Their roots are just all interwoven. Yep. And, and so they all support one another. And I just, I, you know, when I first heard that, I was just sitting back and being like, oh my goodness, that's exactly what the church is supposed to be yeah. for one another. And so I don't know. So I, you, you talked about how, how the church, like even in the rhythm of local church life, like building friendships, like exhorting one another, showing up on Sundays, week in and week out, like hearing the word preached, um, that those are like, I don't know, maybe you didn't use this exact phrase, but like, those are the graces that God has given us to do this kind of stuff, right? Like that's, that's how we're going to engage the culture in a biblical way. Could you kind of describe a little bit more? I mean, you've been involved in pastoring mm-hmm. in a bivocational way. Um, why such a firmly held conviction to like show up on Sundays and maybe not do just Sundays, but to have something else in the week that you're integrated with, like, what would that look like? And, and what does that look like in your experience at your church? Well, I mean, in the old Testament, right. God's presence was in the temple. Right. But then Jesus comes and he says, Hey, you know, you, you destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it. And, and right now 
Jesus is the temple, right? And he says we are his body and where the body of Christ gets together, that is where the presence of God, it is most tangible uh, right now, right? And so it's where the presence of God is, is most tangible right now, right? And, and so we are his body, meaning each one of us has a part to play in, in the life of every other believer, within our church, right? We, I talk about the, uh, the universal church, which is all the believers for all history, but that has a local expression. And, and we can see that throughout the Bible. You know, he, he wrote letters to the Thessalonians, to the Colossians, to the Ephesians, right? So they're, they're churches. Um, and, and so that coupled with what we were talking about of the redwoods and how those roots are interconnected. You know, God save us, but he doesn't leave us, you know, to ourselves. He, he brings us into this family, into this body that, that we should be leaning to each other. The, the problem most of the time is that we ourselves, we get saved, right? And then we're having issues with, with a teenager. And then we feel like that's the end of the world. We become quiet because we feel ashamed that that's happening to us. And then we essentially plant ourselves outside of that community of Redwoods, right? We don't talk, we, we move away because we don't wanna share that we're struggling with that and then we are missing in this wealth of of blessings that we have in the local church like we we think that we are the only ones struggling with things and 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 we become ashamed of of our struggles where no we bring him to the to the cross we confess to Christ and then we look for other believers that we've been investing in because we spend time in the church we you know we have dinners together we we take our kids to whatever to to sports events we we have them in our house we go to their house we live our life together yeah. and when the when when those struggles come which they're they're gonna come for all of us i have people that i can go to mm -hmm. that i can get help that i can confess and and that i can seek advice from them to to help me through that so so it's it's starts with the local church sunday because we are sitting together, listening to God speak to us. And as far as his body, then we move to live our lives together. Yeah. That, as I think about it in my own experience, I can, I can see places where the local body of Christ has, has done just that for mm -hmm. me. I remember um, in college, I had a relationship with a girl for two years and then that ended and it was rather jarring for mm. me. And I remember I called, you know, another member of the church, a dad who is probably 
you know, 20 plus years older than me and just said, hey, I need some counsel. Please help me think through this. And several years ago, my wife and I were going through a really hard time. She was dealing with uh, clinical depression mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And there was another another guy in my church. Like, we don't hang out. He's not a sports guy, and I'm a big sports mm-hmm. guy, um, you know, and, and that sort of thing. But but we we got together, you know, early for Panera coffee and a bagel, yeah. you know, and and he counseled me and encouraged me and prayed for me. And and it was like when when the things in life started to get rough, like there there was this interconnectedness of relationship that that I think is what you're describing. And and I can just I guess I want my example to be, you know, hopefully an encouragement to people like that like investing in those sorts of relationships is really good because, and I've talked to so many young people. I mean, you and I have both worked with uh, young people in different ministry contexts, you know, young adults and high school students and so forth. And um, you oftentimes I've found that, that people aren't even sharing about, um, you know, struggles with pornography or same sex attraction or things like that until way, way past their, their high school experience. They've been, kind of maybe experimenting without really talking to anybody and and they can go way down a path that with a lot of regrets and a lot of shame and it's like oh but there's there's relationships here and you're not you're like you're, there's not judgment here cuz Christ is here yeah. and like Christ covers that <laughs> and like let's let's have a conversation let me pray for you let me help you and i think that's that's what you're describing is that's the way the body of christ was designed yeah. to be like and so let's show up and be that for each other yeah. like live into that identity yeah exactly and 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 we need to you know we need to give room to to people to to do that right and that's part of i'm always telling my kids is that it's like hey you know you're going to go to college and we've been talking a lot about a lot of things and you're going to hear other people tell you a lot of things. You know what I would like to do is when you hear something that actually shakes you, come come to me and t- let's talk. Let's mm-hmm. give me the opportunity, right? And, and, and I think that's going to, that, that helps them to, to be open to have conversations that otherwise, you know, they may feel okay well no i can't i i can't tell my dad or my mom that i'm struggling with this because you know this is not that that's not accepted right i I, i've gotten a lot of you know young people that that's their that's their thing it's like well that is a no-no in my house so it's not even a possibility to talk about it we cannot we cannot close that door of having those conversations because ignoring the problem is not going to make it go away it's it's definitely not going to make it go away but it's in every you know it's in every realm like i'm right now right i have my i got a friend that he he just came to me and said hey you know i'm noticing this and i'm like oh yeah you know what that's right. So I'm, I'm failing in this way. I need to start working through, through that. And, and, and I didn't, I'm not taking his words to me as an attack. It's actually 
the grace of God that I have a family that would have the courage to come to me and say, you know what? You know, you need to work on that. I, it's like, <laughs> I was the other day in a in a, a line and there was this guy with this suit, like a sport jacket. And he was definitely new because he had the sticker in the back. Oh, no. Oh, no. Correct. But he cannot see it. Mm. He cannot see that sticker, right? He needs somebody to come to him and say, hey, buddy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what? It's a nice jacket, but you have that sticker back there that it's, you know, it's not what you want. But if there's no one to tell him, you know what? He's going to be the entire day with that sticker walking around and that's not what we want we want mm-hmm. someone with a courage to come back and say hey yep. your sticker you may not see it but it's there and so i was not seeing what he was what he told me now i do okay mm-hmm. now i'm going to work on it so mm. that's really uh, good and i can see the encouragement for both sides right like for for those of us that need to receive encouragement or receive a challenging word an exhortation um Like there needs to be a humility and just a receptiveness to that. But then there's also the courage to be that for other people and to to like love as the family member to another family member of like, Hey, I'm not, not going to let this just continue. I'm going to encourage you and challenge you and exhort you. And I've had a, there's a friend that works across the street from me at a, um, a car dealership. And so we'll get together, you know, occasionally for lunch and, um, the other day I was, I was describing some frustrations with a particular uh, friend in my life and just kind of, here's this and here's that. And should I do this? And should I do that? And he just had such a kind like way of like just helping me pray through it and pray for me. And and he's a member of our church. And so it was just one of those, mm-hmm. another way it wasn't even like this big, you know, life event, you know, blow up thing. It was just kind of like, even in the day-to-day grind of relationships and like frustrations like we can be that for each other and correct yeah so i think i think that's really good well as we come to the end of our time um man you you you, you've been very generous with your time um both at national convention and here um you talked a lot about you know not just the universal church that we are the body of christ but the local expression of that and I want to I want to kind of land on a, a, a final concept that you had just in the last few minutes at National Convention. You said it's not what you do to fit in that gives you assurance. It's what Jesus did on your mm-hmm. behalf. And yeah. I would love for you to just kind of expound on that for a moment, and then uh, we'll say goodbye to our listeners. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So again, I I think we we as human beings, right? We have a really tough time believing that the gospel is a free offering we do have a a tough time believing that in our in our minds but practically right and and so like i started talking about we allow other people to set rules and to set okay what are the criteria for me to to belong so that i can do it and then belong right and then we have we we bring that same mentality to christianity 
And then we start reading the Bible, looking for, okay, what are the rules? What, what's the criteria here? What, what do I have to do? Okay, okay, I have to, I have to be a good boy. Okay, okay, I, 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 don't, I can't steal. I, I can't murder. Okay, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. Okay, I must do all that. And then we, as parents, sometimes we instill that in our kids because we want them to behave. And we mm. give them this you know practically we we're telling them even though we never say that but we're telling them okay it, it's it's jesus is is and the gospel but you need to you your good works right your your behavior it's it's good that you believe in jesus but you also have to you have to be a good boy you have to behave you know we grow up with that mentality of of okay yes the gospel plus what i do and and that's where we, we as a church, as parents, as just believers, as as brothers and sisters, we need to, we need to start going to the Bible and say, okay, no, it says that to everyone who believe, to have faith in Jesus, He gave them the right to become children of God. It's it's faith, and then you said, and either. Even your faith is a gift from God. So, so right from the start, you can see, no, it, it's not what you do. It's nothing that you have to do. It is faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's what he did on the cross is that he, being God, did not count that as something to be grasped, but he gave his throne. He became a man. He lived a perfect life that we never, never could have lived. And then because he did that, because he lived that perfect life, now that perfect justice is imputed to us. And then not only that, he went to the cross and died the death that we deserve because we did not live that life. And he he, the entire, the wrath of God was satisfied there. And then he rose again and God, the father accepted that sacrifice and he ascended to heaven and he seated at the right hand of God. And he's going to come for his church. Like that is what Jesus did. And it is that gospel, the foundation of our identity, right? He not only saw us and put his loving eyes in us he elected us and he purchased us and he could have left us there no he said no now you're going to be part of my family you're going to be part of my family and you're going to be with me for eternity so it is entirely the works of jesus on our behalf that it's that's the basis for for our belonging and that truth is a more true than any other reality that we may feel or perceive in this world so yeah i, I would say that definitely it's not what we do it's what he did for us and because he did it you know what it cannot be changed mm, yeah full it assurance cannot be changed. full assurance and belonging amen yeah amen love it 
Osway, thanks so much for joining us on the Team Pack Podcast. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Team Pact Podcast. Have any questions about today's episode? Send us an email at communications at teampact.com, or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes.